Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Shanae Alexander, host of Press Send, a podcast and more importantly, a safe and hilarious place for candid conversations about the scary, funny, heartbreaking, but always intriguing questions that make us all human. Each week, me and a new best friend you haven't met yet field your questions across any and all topics and offer our take on the matter with plenty of humor, heart, and badassery along the way. We launch a new episode of Press Send every Wednesday. We'll see you there. Hi there, I'm Lauren McGoodwin with teammate Aaliyah Camalova. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. Today's episode is dedicated to our listeners because many of you have sent us messages asking this really important question, which is, how do I job search while pregnant? To help us answer this important yet very unique question, we've decided to speak directly to a woman who's been there and done that. That's right. Meet Jen Watts-Walsh, an executive at an ad agency who interviewed for her current role at six months pregnant and secured a job offer at eight months. On today's episode, we'll be discussing two things. One, how she launched a job search while pregnant. Two, her advice to other pregnant job searchers. And now this is The Females. Hi, Jen. Welcome to The Females. Hi. Thanks for having me. Let's start with a brief background about what you do, where you do it, and just kind of your family dynamic. Sure. I'm a group strategy director with Deloitte Digital. Previously worked for Heat, which is an advertising agency that was acquired by Deloitte a bit ago. Now we're fully integrated. And what this means within the consulting firm is that I still do a lot of the ad agency brand strategy work, but I also sort of go upstream on marketing strategy and brand strategy, partnering with CMOs and, you know, helping them think through numerous problems, particularly right now. Yeah, no shortage of problems, I'm sure, for your brand. And tell us about your kids and your family. Yeah, so I have two little girls. They both just had birthdays in November. I went into labor with my second child on my first child's birthday, which was fun. (laughs) Uh, So they're seven and three. It's busy. We have our hands full. We actually relocated to Denver a few months before the pandemic which was really interesting timing, you know, moving to a new place and and getting situated in a new elementary school right before all that began. Yeah. So you're managing school, work, 
new place, pandemic, all the things, right? (laughs) Yes. All of the things. Yes. Our societal norm looks a lot like this. So we have a professional woman finds out she's pregnant and stays in her current position, whether she likes it or not. And she stays because of maternity leave, you know, healthcare, other benefits because she fears rejection and she feels ill and exhausted and can't deal. And for many reasons, women's professional mobility can be largely limited during pregnancy. So what's your take on that? And how did you overcome that when job searching while pregnant? I think what I was trying to convey when I wrote that was the fact that there are just so many barriers facing women during that period of their life when they are thinking about any kind of professional move. And the way that I described it was so personal and yet simple, I think, because a lot of women know this as they've gone through it, but it's not something that you think about. And it's certainly not something that I think a lot of business leaders think about or are aware of because they just don't have exposure to it. It's this like little, I don't want to use the word secret world, but I think that sometimes pregnancy can feel that way. It's not something that's discussed a lot. And we don't have a lot of exposure to women in our lives who are close to us, who are open about this, who think about it, who address it openly. Certainly not a lot of women that we see going through it. I think most women do really have that inner monologue in their minds about all of the reasons why they should just stay put. And a lot of them are really practical reasons. You had some tips on kind of like your three things for overcoming the societal norm that we address. So can you give us those three tips? When people ask me how, like what it was that made me overcome it, the three things about myself and my own experience that I hearken back to. One, I am somewhat impatient and somewhat stubborn. And like I said, I think a few of those little comments and things that I couldn't let go of pushed me to see what was out there. It's like, I couldn't quite just sit in the acceptance of I'm basically stuck in this situation for the next one plus years. I think also at the end of the day, I'm a bit of a feminist and I felt my internal reaction to a lot of these thoughts I was having and conversations I was having and reactions from people almost made me feel like a responsibility to do it. So that's one. Secondly, you know, I had support from my husband as much as I joked about sort of being annoyed that we were having a baby and he didn't have to (laughs) think twice about any of this stuff. And, you know, he couldn't even really relate to some of the anxieties that I, that I was having. He was ultimately my cheerleader in all of this. I think if you didn't have that in your life, it would have been hard to overcome that. And then lastly, I was very fortunate because I had a progressive work network. I think, you know, at the end of the day, my success came down to a male partner within Deloitte who didn't bat an eye when he saw, you know, my big bump in my belly and had these conversations with me. Whereas if he had hesitated or kicked the can down the road and said, talk to me after your maternity leave, I would have lost my nerve. Yeah. So tell us exactly how you got the job. Cause ultimately we've had a lot of people DM us and their question is how do you job search while you're pregnant? And maybe our audience is just also kind of at the same stage where they're, you know, it's like, to your point, I should be able to have a family and a career at the same time, but also the pandemic has made it so that a lot of people's careers are shifting. So they might be job searching, whereas it might not have been a choice. So anyway, tell us kind of the story. Like, did you find your job networking, applying for jobs, the whole thing? So as far as like 
my approach and what worked for me, I focused on networking. I knew that I wanted to figure out my next move. I just assumed like no one's going to hire me right now. So I'll just start the networking now and take this time to have really honest conversations with people about what I want. And I think that was actually an interesting tactic because it allowed me to just genuinely do that with people rather than maybe trying to position myself or sell myself a little bit more. It's like the pressure was off. Yeah. Like it's it's just a different tenor of the conversation when you're like, I just want to connect with you. It's been a while. Curious what you're working on. Curious what your organization is like. Here's where I'm at in my life professionally in my career and what I'm looking for. And you know, that's a different conversation than I'm really interested in your specific organization. And this is why I'm a good fit. Kind of like a good gut test to be like, is this employer going to be a decent human slash employer when you are job searching while pregnant, right? Yeah. I like your approach to networking. And I think that regardless of your job search, I think what you, your approach to figuring out your next move, that's the advice that we give at Career Contessa a lot is, mm-hmm. hey, start with sort of this reflection, these informational interviews, tapping into your network, especially, I mean, COVID only accelerates this. Is that Right now, there are more people looking for jobs and there are jobs available. So the networking only becomes more important during times where that is a reality for people. Yeah. You networked with people and then the story goes, one of the people you networked with was like, hey, let's chat. We might have a role open. And then you pursued that and you went for the interviews and they knew you were pregnant. I mean, I'm I'm summing this up as like very one, two, three. <laughs> it was a conversation with someone that I used to work with at my very first agency. I had not worked with him in over a decade, but he's someone that I always admired. So set up just a coffee to chat it was never as direct as like, oh, there's a job for you that I'd like to hire you. You could just tell that it was a good fit. Like what I was looking for in my career strategically was what they were working toward as an organization. There wasn't actually a specific opening at the time. So it was more just left off as, all right, let's connect when you're serious to make a move again. And then I went home and sort of stewed about it. Uh, kicking myself that I wasn't more direct in person. Like, oh, I'm actually interested now if there's maybe something on the horizon. And I sent a note asking to talk to some more people. And what happened is they basically found a role for me. I remember I tell the story a lot, but when I was a recruiter at Hulu, people would say to us, oh, what are you guys looking for? And it's like, well, what are you looking for? Are, we we have to solve problems, but tell me what you do. And I think having a lot of clarity around the skill sets you bring to the table and what you want in your next role helps an organization, a hiring manager, whoever it is so much because you're doing part of the work for them. They might not even know they need that. And then you start talking about it and they're like, wow, we definitely need that. So I would say networking plus knowing what you want and being able to articulate that is really important. Up next, after the break, Jen will share her advice to other pregnant job searchers right now. Let's take a quick break to talk about Skillshare. No matter what 2021 brings, you can spend it creating something meaningful with Skillshare's online classes because time is what we make of it. We're so happy to have Skillshare as a sponsor of the females because just like us, they care about learning finding inspiration, and unlocking your creativity through expanding your knowledge. I wanted to share a quick story about how I found serious inspiration through a Skillshare class recently. 
So we've been talking about keeping a career journal a lot lately. So when I came across Yasmin Cheyenne's writing for self-discovery, I knew I had to enroll. I just, I was, I was like, I know this is the class for me. In this class, Cheyenne unlocks the potential and power of journaling and how it cultivates confidence, mindfulness, and growth. I learned how to make time for self-care journaling in my day-to-day by using a variety of styles. I also learned how to translate writing insights into real-life actionable change. You know I love an actionable plan, right? So I so recommend this class to you guys, especially if you're thinking about how you can use journaling for the power of self-care. And I think we might have to talk about it in another episode of The Females because it's really that good. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with real meaning. With so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives, Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. Bring color and beauty and fun to your year. Add vivid details and craft complex wonders. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops, which aren't even available right now. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. There are so many incredible classes to empower your career and your personal life. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com backslash females and get a free trial of a premium membership. One more time, that's Skillshare.com backslash females, F-E-M-A-I-L-S, to get a free trial of your premium membership. All right, now let's get back to the show. Okay, so to your tips, Jen, what would be your first piece of advice for women who are pregnant and job searching right now? First, and, and you actually touched on this earlier, is just be as honest as you can with yourself about what it is that you want. I think there is a lot of doubt at this time of life because people don't know what's going to happen. They don't know how they'll feel during pregnancy. They don't know how the pregnancy will go. They don't know what it will be like with either your first child or second child. And so I think people's response to that is just to like sit in that state of uncertainty. The flip side of it is if you're really not certain that you want to make the move, then you can trust that as well. You know, this is, this is not to put any judgment on any woman who is like, you know what? I, I don't have the time or the energy or the interest in prioritizing this right now. But if you do, then just be honest with yourself and and be brave enough to put that out into the universe and see what happens. I think secondly, it's important to be very specific and ask for what you want. For myself, and I don't know if this is because I am a woman and or if it's just my personality, but it has always been difficult for me in professional settings to ex- ask for exactly what I want when it comes to titles and salary and benefits. And that's something that I've had to work on throughout my career. And I would say I'm much better at it now than I was certainly when I was younger. I do think that being specific about what you want and brave enough to ask for it when you're pregnant is important because if you don't, there might be things that go unsaid that were expectations that, that, that you're not comfortable with in your current situation uh, that will make it so that you're not comfortable in your new role. Or you may agree to starting back up earlier than what you really want. It's just a good time to be firm and to be honest. Yeah. I have a friend who's also, I think she's like seven months pregnant and she's job searching. Her main concern is like, do I bring it up to these potential employers. Like, I feel like she has been honest to herself about like what her needs are because it's just kind of narrow focus now. But she's like, I don't even know how to bring this up to an interviewer. Is like, 
because she's like, I feel strange. I feel like it's almost like I'm being invasive, you know, I'm like being too open in some sort of way, even though it's like, no, this will affect your work, you know? And then there is that aspect of the COVID yeah. of it all where she's not doing a lot of in-person interviews. She's behind a screen that's, you know, yeah, shoulders up or whatever. So at what point do you think is it like, quote unquote, okay to bring up like, this is my situation in like a month, I'm going to have a baby or in two months, I'm going to have a baby. Like, how do you go about that? I know. I remember as I was going through the interview process, it was different. I was in person. And so I felt kind of obligated to kind of call out the elephant in the room. I think I even said that a couple of times and I could tell Mm -hmm. that the other person was visibly uncomfortable because they didn't know how to respond either. And so it is, it's sad that it's as awkward as it is and it's as hard as it is for women and and that there is no clear standard. I personally was very honest about it because I (laughs) felt like that was important. Yeah. I always take the viewpoint when I get asked this question and I'm, I'm not job searching. So, you know, for someone who's eight months pregnant though, I do look at it like, Hey, I would rather tell you that information up front. And if it's not a fit, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste your time. And if you do have that bias, then work, that's like Mm -hmm. sign one of a dysfunctional workplace or that fact that this isn't going to be a supportive place when you are a working parent. And while we could go into the whole, like how it's not fair Mm -hmm. and how that's a bias against women, whereas a man wouldn't be treated the same way. I agree with all of that. But I also think when you're job searching, it's like, look, I don't, I don't have time to address that at the moment. The moment I need to think about Mm -hmm. what I need in this situation. So like my advice to your friend Leah would be, I would bring it up sooner rather than later, because it is an absolute reality that when you mention it, that women get a penalty and men get a boost and a bonus. And I think that I don't want to say fake it till you make it. That's not like the best advice, but maybe an approach for some people can be that like, yes, the average person is going to react weirdly to that, but you can make it seem like it's a them thing and not a you thing. Even though in your head, you're probably (laughs) like thinking, oh, this is, this is it. This is, I'm not getting the call back. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting debate, right? Like is it something that you share with recruiters? Maybe not because their motivation right. is different than the actual, you know, hiring manager at a company. And yeah, I agree. The sooner you are open about it, as soon as you know, there's a fit, the sooner you get a sense of, is this the type of organization and boss and team that you would want to work with as a new mom to begin with? I do also think that talking about your pregnancy confidently is important and could help with the situation as well. Yeah. And I would say not just when you're job searching, but also when you're pregnant, you know, there's two Mm -hmm. sides where nobody asks you about it. They treat you as if you're not. And so I think also organizations could start just like a good place to start. If you, if you don't have people who are applying for jobs is like, just if someone is pregnant or even a man who's expecting a child, don't treat the men and women differently. Like just ask them like, Hey, what are you looking forward to? How is it going? In hindsight, looking back when there were women pregnant, some of the bigger companies I worked at, I'm like, how often did I ask them about how are you feeling? Are you prepared? Like just because to your point, also being pregnant is a whole slew of unknowns and anxieties. And I think for a lot of women, just being asked about it and showing that you are there to listen if they want to talk about it can make you feel better and like a little less anxious. Like they don't have to hide it. And of course our brain, or at least my brain would jump to the worst case scenario of like, 
oh, everyone's assuming I'm not going to be able to do that or I don't want to do that, you know, or I have so much guilt over like for me as a business owner, I think about maternity leave and I have a lot of guilt over like trying to take time off as a business owner, but also recognizing like <laughs> you, you're never going to get that time back with your kid. And so I also think for society and for people who are in workplaces right now, if someone's pregnant in your company or you're the one pregnant, start talking about it a little bit more and normalize it a little bit. Because I also think mm-hmm. all of the stuff we're talking about, part of what is weird about it is none of it's normal. Like, or we just haven't normalized it, you know? I think it is normal. We just yeah. haven't normalized it. I want to take a quick break to talk about your teeth. That's right. Even though many of us have been hiding our teeth behind masks for the last year, they might need a little glow up. Whether you're on your Zoom calls with an important client or checking in with your parents on your weekly FaceTime call, you probably want to look your best, even if you're wearing sweatpants from below the waist. I mean, come on, aren't we all? I recently discovered Snow Teeth Whitening, and I'm so grateful. Snow whitens teeth in only about nine minutes a day. Not only that, but you'll actually start to see real results within three days. So if you have an important video call on Friday, you've got time to prep your dazzling smile right now. Over 500,000 happy customers trust Snow, including Miss Universe. I mean, who is going to have a more aesthetically pleasing smile than Miss Universe, right? If you're like me and you have sensitive teeth, you're set with Snow as well. It's designed to be completely pain-free for people with sensitive teeth. The teeth whitening kit comes with a six-month supply, so whenever your teeth need a little touch-up, you're good to go with Snow. Increase your confidence with your whitest smile. Also, use that confidence to ask for that raise, nail your pitch, or deliver your next presentation with ease. Go to trysnow.com and use my code FEMALES for 15% off your first order. So one more time, that's trysnow.com and then input the code FEMALES, F-E-M-A-I-L-S at checkout for 15% off your first order. All right, now let's get back to the show. The mom guilt thing is completely real and it doesn't go away. And it's such a shame because it's holding us back from having these conversations. It's holding us back from taking on certain opportunities. It's holding us back from being honest about the dynamic. I would say, you know, pandemic right now in some ways has been, I think, really great. I'm hoping great for some of the younger women in my organization because they see, you know, they see like my two-year-old and seven-year-old bopping in. She's three now, but they've they've sort of seen her grow up over the last year and they see other moms juggling it all. And they're seeing now dads do more of it. And I think that that is such a good thing because I know I did not have role models in my early career of that. My industry has changed a lot in the 10 years. 10 years ago, it was very heavily male-driven still is, but it's getting better. There's been a lot of progress in that area, but I didn't work with a single woman in my early career who had children and saw them at night. I mean, sharing your story, I think more women talking about sharing stories and role models, and it is very important. It's really hard to see it for yourself if you can't see it anywhere around you. That That is a mm-hmm. universal truth for sure. Yeah. It's just those like systemic changes within a company that's like, has to be able to sustain hiring more women, like you mentioned earlier. So what is your advice to the other side, hiring managers, recruiters, and companies who recognize this bias or maybe don't recognize this bias that they have against hiring or promoting 
pregnant women? Yeah. I I think for those who don't recognize the bias, you will miss out on extraordinary talent and it, it needs to change. The good news is that I do think more and more people are talking about this. More and more companies are having progressive policies around trying to keep, I think, mostly women, but they're also focused on what is the man's role in that as well. And paternity leave and maternity leave and all these things, trying to raise up other women and keep them. So I think things are getting better and that is great. I also think that it makes it so that qualified women have more choices so I think companies need to continue to prioritize this because it's become something they have to do. So I, I think to us, it feels like a no-brainer. And I think to a lot of companies, they're, they're, they're pretty far along in this and being quite progressive and working hard to keep and retain women. I am consistently surprised when that isn't the case. And I think it depends on where you are in the U.S. and what field and whether it's like a, you know, a business versus a nonprofit and it's, it's a complex thing. So I do get that, but I did have here in Denver, a COO of a decent sized startup asked to speak with me about his company's you know, family leave plan because they had actually just lost a great senior talent uh, who was a woman And they were really bummed about it because it was specific to their leave. They found out that she was pregnant. She came and said, I'm three months pregnant Um, relatively early on. They knew they wanted her to hire a woman for the role because they're struggling to reach any kind of gender balance in their company. And when she found out that their family leave required an employee to have worked there for a certain amount of time in order to access that leave, she was like, well, that's not going to work for me. And she left and he was asking for my advice on you know, what they could have done differently and really genuinely wanting to, to put something in place that would make it so that they could hire a certain caliber of woman. And my response was, I think it's great that you're having this conversation and thinking about it. And this is a friend, so I could be honest. I was like, what were you thinking? And giving her that as the answer. Like, yeah. That just makes women. <laughs> of course she's not going to take the job that with you. That also <laughs> just means that you either have to make your job move a year before you plan on having kids. Or you, yeah, right? like, please, you guys, we are already thinking so far ahead. Please don't add more yeah. like math equations of how many months we have to do this and that before. Yeah, that's. That's a no-brainer. Totally. Or like, if you do have a semi-antiquated policy like that, at least change it. <laughs> you know, have we'll change it, but also mm-hmm. be like, but let's yeah. talk. Like, we'll figure it out if it's yeah. the right fit. That's the thing that I think a lot of a lot of businesses will do. And if they're not, mm-hmm. like that is what that is the first yeah. step. You know, because sometimes changing policies can be a very difficult process and a long process. But maybe just going into it with mm-hmm. like. We will work it out. We will find a way to make it work for both of us. The other anecdote that I do want to share, because it was part of what really inspired me to tell my story, was that soon after I gave birth and had gone through this whole process, long before I wrote the article, I was out to dinner with my husband and his ex-classmates from his MBA program, half of whom were women in the program with him. And half were men and the table kind of split up and the ladies started chatting with each other. 
I was the only one that was not in the program with them. And they asked me how things were going and what was happening. And the fact that I was four months into my leave, I still had a month left and I was starting a new job came up and they were all like, you know, wide eyed eyebrows up. One woman was like, I did not have the balls to do that. And another, you know, it's like asking all these questions about details and how did you, how did you pull that off? And I remember thinking these women have MBAs from like a top 20 program in the U S they are wildly successful, more successful than I am more ambitious in some ways because of the path that they've taken. And this is their reaction to this. Like that is crazy and a shame and speaks volumes to how deeply rooted this is. And, you know, even the fact that like, I'm talking to you two years after I wrote this story and and you're still getting bombarded by women asking this question and how do I handle it? And and it just continues to shock Mm -hmm, me. Yeah. Well, that is why we are doing this episode. We want to make sure more people hear about this and these stories. And I I do want to wrap up by just talking about just the current state of moms in the workforce in general right now. I think one of the reasons why this is still relevant today is the fact that we have entered this new reality. And like, while as we already point out in this episode, some parts maybe are a little easier or whatnot. I I still think a lot of the for lack of a better word, the shit that moms have to do and also be in the workforce, it remains and it's maybe been accelerated or multiplied. So can you just kind of talk about that in general as well as a way to wrap up? We just need a part two episode. <laughs> Where yeah, do I begin? I know, it's a doozy of a question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I mean, this doesn't go away once you get past the baby phase. Um, in some ways, it all becomes more complicated, but No, I I do think that we are in such a fascinating time because on the one hand, the positive side is more and more women are talking about this. There are more people doing it who are sort of figuring it all out and speaking up about it. Companies are becoming more progressive. I think all of the research out there around, you know, the fact that if you have a board or senior leadership with 50-50 women and men, you're actually more valuable as a company and more successful speaks volumes to how important this is. It's no longer just like what we should be doing from a cultural standpoint. And it's like your bottom dollar and our economy depends on it, right? So there is an acceptance of how important this is on the one hand, which is great. On the other hand, we have everything that we've been talking about, plus the pandemic and the fact that, you know, schools have been shut down for a lot of women and fathers, but mostly women per the research that's out there, who now need to work and be teachers and be lunch ladies and be nannies and be cleaners and dry cleaners and, you know, everything else on the books. I mean, what, like 2 million women left the workforce this year. So when you juxtapose the economic goals of our country being reliant on lifting women up and keeping them in the workforce, against all of the barriers and realities of facing, you know, facing women from even just pre-pregnancy onto current day when they're trying to juggle all of this other stuff. I think there is a bit of a crisis in the works and there's been a lot written about this, you know, the problem facing women right now. Yeah. And I think to your point, communicate this often and early on because women in their twenties who 
are going through the pandemic right now are thinking about this, even though you might not think, oh, they're 20. They're just thinking about their first job. Nope. All families are thinking about this. So come up with a game plan. And then I would say communicate it often and early on because ignoring it doesn't make people think that you care about this and having a plan in place to retain and how you're going to help. And even just saying, maybe we don't have all the right answers, but we will figure it out with you. I think sometimes that simple sentiment, and I know not every company can do that. That is sometimes what people need to hear as well. So, and I think companies play a big role in everything we're talking about. They really do. And they can help make a big difference and return. You know, there's a lot of upside for them as well. So it's not like this is completely one-sided, but I, I think that that COVID has brought, it was always a crisis and always a lot, but it has really brought to the forefront the crisis for working families and how do you do both and how there isn't enough support. And so it will be very interesting to see if there's some good stuff that will come out of this. Yeah. I also think that this is like a very quintessential American experience, right? Again, like this could be a whole nother episode of like how much like the healthcare of it all is tied into work. And then also there is this like sort of artificial image of like women should have it all and the women are the most empowered here in the U.S. But then also there's no system to back it up. So it's like you should go in for that interview and do that thing. And then but also the company that hire you will not give you enough maternity leave or whatever it is. So I think just having that reassuring voice of like, yeah, those like ambitious like ideas that you hear like circulating like on social media or through books and media and whatever. It's like it's not crazy to think that, but just know that like if you don't I don't know, get the like results of your ambition and drive. It's not a problem for the like the individual. Yeah, this isn't for your lack of ambition and like you, your fault as a woman. And I think that's, (laughs) this is like all another episode about like society making it feel like (laughs) it's on you to change. If you just made different decisions, then you wouldn't be dealing with this. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a break. (laughs) Absolutely. There are some big structural and societal challenges about all of this that, you know, if we have all the answers for, my goodness. So if you guys can't tell, this is not an exact how-to job search while you're pregnant. This is more advice on understand that part of this is that you are up against these structural and systemic biases. And while we're maybe not able to address some of that stuff today, here are some tips. And I think, Jen, you sharing your story, I think is really helpful because Sometimes step one is just hearing more people about how they did it. And and maybe it gives you ideas on how you can go about it with your strategy. This is not at all to say, though, that if you do or don't find a job, it's all because of you and your efforts and that, you know, being pregnant is is no big deal because it's not it's it is a lot. And um, I don't want anyone to feel gaslit by that at all either as someone. And I'm there with Absolutely. you. Like there are days where, like I said, I can only yeah. sit for 45 minutes. I can't even imagine what this was like before when people were in the workplace and and people look at you like, what's wrong with you? And you're like, sorry, my back literally is like breaking. But sure, I'll sit in that meeting with you or whatever. So I know it's true. And it, you're right. The more that we all support each other in this. And I think that was the other thing is my experience with a lot of my peers, because we were all in the same situation is that when we would start talking about, Hey, you know, it's going to hire me, or I guess I have to wait for the most part. I got a lot of head nods and not because they don't have amazing, wonderful, supportive friends. They were just being empathetic and kind of like, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. 
that's where they were at as well. And so if there are more of us who have success and can talk through the nuance of some of this and support where appropriate and even help like champion other women, the easier it will be. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jen, so much for sharing your story today. We will also, everyone, link to the article Jen wrote for Fast Company so you can, where she really does lay out step-by-step, like the networking, the timing of when she got the offer and all that kind of stuff too. But Mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing this. Of course. And good luck to you and good luck to everyone who is facing this on top of a pandemic right now. Thank you for listening to this really important episode of The Females. I want to remind everybody that you can also read Jen's full story in the Fast Company article that she wrote, which we'll link to in the show notes below. Also, don't forget that we have a very cool giveaway happening only for our females listeners. The giveaway is the ultimate gift bag with 15 plus career building goodies from female owned small businesses for a total value of over $800. So it's basically the best goodie bag you can think of. And it has things like a botch gold and black classic watch that's worth over $160 all the way to the pixie mood work tote, which is valued at over a hundred bucks. Really, really cool. And what's even cooler is that some of these items are sold out. So you can only get them by winning this gift bag. To enter, leave a written review on Apple Podcasts about why you listen to the females or even something new that you learned from this episode. Make sure to leave either your Instagram handle at the end or your email address so we have a way to contact you if you win. The giveaway runs now till February 28th, 2021. For all our job searchers out there and soon-to-be mamas, don't forget that we also have a jobs board that's updated weekly with new roles. The roles are organized by full-time, part-time, and you can even filter for just remote roles. Also, we send a dedicated jobs newsletter every Wednesday with cool job openings. So be sure to check that out via our show notes. And a big thank you to Jen for sharing her inspirational story and advice with us today. 